to God. We give ourselves away. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God's already doing and has done mighty things in this service this morning. There are still great things to come. Praise the Lord. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> if you have your Bible with you, lift it up. Amen. We're going to start becoming a Bible-carrying people. Bible toters. We'll, we used to say, well, let's just tote it around. We'll, we'll, we'll be Bible carriers before we get through with all this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In fact, if you want to use that Bible, you can turn it to Psalm 89. And I'll give you the verse in just a moment. I said that I would be preaching this morning on promises, and that is the subject of my message today. Promises cover a, 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 a gamut of things, large, a large repertoire of many things. But the promises I'm talking about today are just simply, straightforwardly, clearly, the promises of God. And specifically, the promises of God that you, as you may claim them. That's the thrust of the message that I want to share with you today. You saw a little sign earlier in the service on the, on the screens that said, God makes promises. He does not break promises. That's something that the Lord, is as simple as it is, it's nothing profound, but that's something the Lord gave me a few weeks ago. And we've published it and put it in the bulletin. We put it in the, our weekly newsletter. We put it on the screens here. Because we want to emphasize to people how true that is. God makes promises. Yes, He does. But He never breaks a promise. And so when you hear a word that God has spoken as a promise and you know it is a word of God, that is something that you can claim and stand on and believe until the world passes away. And it will. The Bible says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. At the very end of his ministry, Jesus made a statement. I'll let you see it on the screen in a different version from the one that I am going to give you. But the most recent version that I read this morning is, The sky and the earth won't last, but my words will. And that's what Jesus said. We read it in the King James, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The newer translation is, the sky and the earth won't last forever, but my words will. 
And I believe that's totally and fully true. And I'm going to share with you things from his word today that I believe make that declaration plain and powerful. Psalms 89, I said, this is verse 34. The Lord says, I will not violate my covenant. In other words, I will not break my word. I won't even alter a single word that went forth from my lips. I believe this is one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. It may not be the most favorite. I find my favorite scriptures change from time to time, depending on what my need is and what God is saying. But this has been a favorite verse of mine for a long, long time. Once when I was struggling and struggling deeply, I prayed, I sought God, I cried out, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me, I fasted. That was one of those periods in my life when I fasted 30 days. And I was asking God to say something to me to help me. I knew God. I believed God had spoken to me. I really, really believed that God had said words to me in my heart as I had sought him in prayer and fasted and waited on I believe God had made me promises, but nothing was happening. I couldn't find myself satisfied in any way. I wish, you know, do you ever look back and think, what would it have been if I had never left that place, if I'd never moved, if I'd never changed that part of my life? And wonder what it would have been like. I often think what it would have been like if I'd stayed at that little church where I was at the time. It was growing, it was a growing church, and we actually were ready to buy a little shopping center for it to be in. But I thought that I wanted to be in television. It was my dream. I thought I could reach more people than any other way. And it was my dream to be in television. And I prayed and I asked God, and God would say, I'm going to bless you. And I will say to you, God never said to me directly, I'm going to put you in a television station that's going to be yours. He never said that. He just... He just said enough to let me believe I was on the right track. Maybe he was hoping I would change my mind. <laughs> but I didn't. And I, I, I dreamed, I thought that was God's will and God's plan. And then I saw, in a miraculous way, God gave me a, a government permission to build a television station, which you have to have. You had to have those days in specific ways. And I learned how to do that. And, and he gave me permission to build a television station. Yeah, I had no way to do it. I didn't have any way to get up there in North Carolina where it was. So I kept praying, oh, God, open the door for me. Open. And it was my dream. And I've said so many, many times. Finally, God gave me my dream, and I woke up and found out it was a nightmare. But, but sometimes God will let us just learn our own way. And, and uh, as it turned out, in the long run, it was a wonderful, blessed, powerful thing. As, as the result of the change of that ministry was one of the mightiest, greatest things God ever done for me in my life. So at the end of it, I saw the fruit more than I saw along the way. So I put God there in the very middle of all that and give him the glory and the praise for it. But in the course of that time, uh, and I'm, I say this often when I'm telling you something that I know I've told before, it isn't because I can't think of anything else to tell you. And this is because I don't remember that I've said it. It's just that this becomes apropos of what I'm preaching you today. And I also remember that many of you, even if I've told something a half a dozen times, many of you have never heard it. You just came since, since then, or, or maybe you weren't there that Sunday, or whatever. For, or maybe you just forgot it, because it didn't matter when I told you. <laughs> you don't know I said it. But I'm telling you that I know that I've told this before. So in this period of time, I'm here waiting on God, crying out to God, fasting and praying, trying to believe God with all of my heart. 
believe I'm hearing from God, and yet nothing is happening. And I'm saying, God, maybe I'm mistaken. This is important now. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe all these things that I think you spoke to my heart wasn't you. Maybe, Lord, I missed it. Or maybe you're just not going to do it because of something I've missed or something I've done. I just don't know. But, Lord, I know I need an answer. So I'm sitting down one day reading from a big old family Bible, which we still have, big white Bible in our house given to us by my mother-in-law and father-in-law. And so I pick up, I never read from that Bible. I never read from it then, don't read from it now. It's just a kind of one you, you set on the table, you know. One of those Bibles I would collect dust if you don't dust it off every now and then. I don't use it. But that day I picked it up and was reading through it. didn't know why. I, just, I was just thumbing through it. This is not the best way to read the Bible. I always say that when I tell this little story. Don't read the Bible just thumbing through it. Oh, look at that. God, show me. Show me what you want me to know. Just let me see it. And you put your finger down on it. It says, he went out and hung himself. Go down and do likewise. You, you, you don't want to depend on just reading it that way. <laughs> there was a scripture that said that, actually. And so... And so that day, I, but I, that day I'm reading, I'm thumbing through the Psalms, and I, saw, and I saw a verse, and I read it and went right on past it. I said, oh, whoa, wait a minute. I closed the Bible up and put it back. Wait a minute. Wait, I think I saw something that I need to remember I need to go back to. But I couldn't remember where it was. It was in the Psalms. And I'd closed up the Bible, and it, it, it never was used well enough. So some Bibles, you know, are so used, and people like certain passages so much, you'll just lay it down and open it up. It'll open right back to the same place every time. This Bible wasn't one like that. It wasn't one that we read from that much. But I heard, I saw that, and it's something that impressed me, but I couldn't even remember what it was, something about God wouldn't break his word. And so then I, I said, well, Lord, if that is really a message from you and, you, and you're speaking to my heart, help me find that verse again. So I went over and picked up the big old white Bible again. I sat back down on the sofa, and I put it on my lap, and I said, I will never find this verse again unless you show it to me. And I, and I opened my Bible. And I've been thumbing through it, not stopping at one place. I've been thumbing through the whole Bible, really. I opened up the Bible, and there it was. Psalm 89, verse 34. A personal message to me, I know. I knew it then, I know it now. My covenant, I will not break my covenant. I will not break my word. I will not break my agreement, God says. I will not do it, and I won't change one thing about it. I won't even change slightly, won't alter in the slightest degree. One word that has gone out of my lips, I will keep my word, God said. And I've held on to it now for all of these years, for 35, 40 years, I don't know how long ago. I've held on to it all these years, and I still go back to it today. I go back to it again and again. But I need reassurance from God that God does what He says He's going to do. That God will always keep the word that He's given to you. God will never break a promise that He's made to you. God will stand up and do whatever He has said, whatever He has declared, whatever He has spoken, whatever He has written. He will do it because He is God. And He does not change. So I hung my hat, so to speak, on that verse. I will not break my covenant or alter the word, a word, any word that's gone out of my lips. I stood on that. I still stand on it. And that's a part of God's covenant with us every day. He has given us 
an agreement by which we are to live. All of God's promises are valid when the conditions connected to that promise are kept. So in God's Word, God makes a promise. And what He says that you have to do to achieve, to receive, and to be blessed by that promise, you have to do. It's that simple. This is the promise. It will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over. God will give that to you, the Bible says. But it first says, give, and it shall be given to you. When you and, and, and I'm not going to go through a long litany of the scriptures and promises, but you need to look at any promise in the Bible that you're going to claim and find out what the conditions are and see if you're doing what it says you have to do to receive that promise. You know, the Bible says anybody who wants to be, anybody who's willing to be, I believe the Bible says, can be saved. But it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, receive him in all of his fullness and all of his truth, you will confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But it doesn't say if you walk into church at First Assembly and give $10 in the offering, you'll walk out saved. You've got to do what it says to do to receive what it says you'll receive. All through the Bible, that's a true statement. And every promise is for you if you meet the conditions. Remember, we used to sing that little song a long time ago in Sunday school. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. All the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. And it's true. It's true. If we will meet the conditions to receive the benefits and the blessings and the fulfillment of God's promises to us, God will always do it. So a promise from God is something that God speaks to you. Now, let, I, I'm going to get very, very close and personal with you. And what I will say in the next few minutes will be very relevant to some of you. It will be a little bit strange to some of you. And to the rest of you, it won't make any sense at all. But this is, this is the approach coming at it right now. God's promises to you. First of all, every promise in this book, unless it specifies it's only for a certain group of people, it's for nobody but these people. Every promise in this book, the thousands and thousands of them, are for you, for you if you will meet the conditions. If you'll believe God, receive Him, obey Him, do what it says you have to. Some of God's blessings are based on obedience. Sometimes obedience is expressed in giving. Sometimes it's expressed in actions. But you have to read it and do what it says you have to do to receive the promise. That's the only way the promise becomes valid for you. And then there's a promise that God makes to you. There may be something that God has spoken to your heart. And you have wondered if it really is from God. And I will tell you this, my friends. Don't base anything on what you think God has said until you know God said it. I'm going to tell you something that I think is, this is a totally true story. A friend of mine a long time ago was a missionary to France, and I say a long time ago was because he's gone to heaven now. But I knew Kenneth Ware quite well. His, uh, his uh, father was uh, American, his mother was French, but he lived in France and grew up most of his life, but he became a member of the North Carolina District, the Assemblies of God, and went back home to France as a missionary. 
So I met him many times as he came to my church to minister in my church. And the first time I ever went to Paris, Kenneth was my host and just a wonderful, wonderful man. I loved him. I could tell you miracles he's told me about, and I believe every word of them. But I'll tell you just this one thing. When he was a young man and he got saved, he felt like I was when he got saved. He didn't know anything about the gospel, didn't know anything about the Lord, didn't know anything about following the Lord. He knew nothing except he knew he was saved. That's, that's the status I was in at one time. He knew he was saved. That's what he knew. And then he knew God had called him to preach, but he didn't know what to do. So he went to an older preacher for advice. And he said, I know God's called me to preach, but what, what do I do to go about it? How do I do it? And the man didn't tell him very much, but he did say, well, start in Jerusalem. Now, that's what the Bible says. You're in Jerusalem first. First, tell this witness in Jerusalem, then in Judea and in Samaria, then under the other most parts of the earth. And that's what the man meant when he told Kenneth to start in Jerusalem. He meant start right where you are and then keep going and branch out. But he, like I was, knew nothing. If somebody told me that in my first days, I wouldn't know what he was talking about. And Kenneth didn't know what he was talking about. But the man said start in Jerusalem, and he was a good man. He was a good preacher. And Kenneth thought, well, if that's what he says to do, that's what I'll do. So he found a way to get to Israel, went to Jerusalem, preached his first sermon on the street corner of Jerusalem. This is true. <laughs> now, that's what I call, it's a great story, but that's what I call putting, misinterpreting the real purpose of God. It was a great thing that he did, and, and I commend him for his obedience and willingness to do that, but it wasn't that God spoke to him about that's what he had to do. He misinterpreted what the man was telling him. But I'm saying to you that if God is speaking to you, know it's from God. Know what God is saying and clearly understand this is what God has given me. And if you have to wait on that for a while, if you have to develop it with the Lord, if you have purposely seek God about it, is this truly from you? Confirm to me that it's from you. That's what you need to do. You may go a long, long time until your uncertainty kicks, kicks in unless you know at the very beginning that this is from God. In, in, in the last few years, I've been right very, very close in this place. And I know exactly how to explain this to you if you'll hear it clearly from me. First of all, a promise from God is God saying to you something that will happen, or it is God saying to you something that he will give you, when he does, always for his glory and always to bring praise to him. And it could be something he will do for you. God speaks personal promises and personal words to our hearts. And that's something that we need to clearly hear, clearly verify, know that God has spoken. Some of you will hear this in a different way. It won't be as intense. It won't be as penetrating. It won't be as specific and as, and, and, and as uh, dynamic in your heart as it is in some others. Because how you hear the voice of God depends on how close you are to him. And here's another point I want to make. I've often said God is not just a social butterfly. God rarely talks to people who don't talk to him. But if you're not a person of prayer, you may hear God say something to you, but you will have clear uncertainties about it for a long time until you establish that you're in the presence of God. You've committed things to him that enable you to know this is God speaking to you and giving you a word from him. And the reason we need to go in this territory, walk into this area, my friends, is because sometimes in order to know what God wants us to do specifically, we need to hear from God. 
There are times that we need to, I have been in times when I needed to hear from God. And became so desperate to hear from God that I'd seek God and seek His face and fast and pray and wait on the Lord to give me His Word. And I have found that as God has spoken to me, and I've told you many things about that, about my coming here, that God does speak to us and does reveal His plan for us and does fulfill that Word to us, sometimes to our amazement, oftentimes to our consternation, but finally in the last word of it, to our fulfillment and our joy. Sometimes it takes a little while to get to that joy. I write things down that God speaks to me. I have them in my, in my little Kindle app on my, on my iPad right here. And I was reading over some of them this morning because I wanted to refresh my mind on some of this when they happen because I write down when it happens. And, 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 and I find myself amazed when sometimes when I go back and read these. I, I, I need to start doing it. I need to, I need to do this more. I don't read through every one of them every week. But, but when, I, when I pick up this iPad and I go to this app and I, and I look at that place, that place I have kept those promises so I can have them with me all the time. I begin to read some of them and, 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 I, and I, I, I get amazed at why I didn't write down the date and the time that something happened. And then I realize it's because when it happened, it was so inconspicuous, it was so undramatic, it was so simple I walked right on past it for a while before I realized that God had said it and God had done it and he had fulfilled his word. And that happens often when you're walking with the Lord, unless you're tuned to do exactly every day. Well, God, is it today? And, and I find myself, and I told you this, I told you this in this kind of a way. After, I, after God put me in, in uh, Orange Park, I don't ever know where to say it was because we didn't know the name of the church back in those days. We didn't have a sign. We didn't have a pulled the van up out there by the street so people could see the name of the church. There was no sign anywhere. People think we're no, they didn't think we were having church there anymore. And so uh, I'll just say when I came to Orange Park. And, and after a while, when I'd been there, I was talking to the people on a Wednesday night, and I said, God has spoken to me, and he told me he was going to change my life. And I went back and I read that. And, it tells, and I've got it right there on the documentation. In May of 2010, God told me he was going to change my life. Two times, three days apart. Same spot. I'm walking by that spot. God stopped me right there. First he said, I'll change your life. And the next time, I, three days later, and I stopped that, that spot, and he said, I am changing your life. Things were going on at that church that I didn't know about. didn't matter to me. I wouldn't have cared about them if I did know. I wouldn't have connected them anyway, in any way whatsoever. Things that were going on in the old church over there on Kingsley. If I had known what was going on, it wouldn't have mattered. I would never have connected that with what I thought God was saying to me. I'm making a point to you now about hearing God and following God and knowing when God answers you. So I, I went over there when they asked me to go to fill in two or three Sundays after the pastor left. And, and I was there for several weeks, maybe six or eight weeks. And this is why I wish I'd written it down. The reason I didn't because it took me a while to realize that it had happened. I didn't know God had done it. So I'm standing there in front of the people on a Wednesday night and telling them I was teaching on hearing the voice of God. And I told the people, God has spoken to me and said he's going to change my life. And in fact, he told me two times. And I told them just what I told you just now. God told me he's going to, I know God. And so I said, I know God is going to do that. I know God has something great that he's going to do for me. He's going to change my life, give me a different direction, show me his will, his plan, his purpose. God's going to do it because he said he would. You can hear from God. That's what I was teaching them. And while I'm standing there teaching them that with my hand in my pocket, and 
And I stopped and hesitated, and I stopped speaking. And I looked around, and I said, you know, the Lord just told me, this is it. It didn't sink into me when I first said it. This is it. I guess I was so incredulous, I... Over the next few days, I was thinking, well, wait a minute now. All those things that I thought you were saying to me, is this what it's all about? Is this it? I didn't see all of you at that time. You were not in my vision at that time. Ninety-eight percent of you, I didn't even know. I'd never seen you before. And you didn't come to church at that time either with me. Just left me standing out there hanging out to dry. <laughs> there were about a hand, there were about eight or nine I was there that night, maybe on that Wednesday night, ten maybe if it was a good night. And and, and, and so I didn't mark it down because I, it didn't it didn't really impress me, even though I told the people that the Lord said this and that. It didn't really impress me. So a few days later I'm thinking more and more about it, and I'm thinking, why, Lord? You know, when I really got to talking about why, if this is it, Lord, what did you mean when I thought you said this? And what did you mean when you thought, I thought you said that? What did you mean when I wrote this down? What did you mean when you told me about all those wonderful things? That can't happen in Orange Park. But it did. It started to happen. I'm trying to connect this for you now. I'm trying to connect this. That was sometime in the fall of 2010. Moving on into 2011, in May of 2011, by, by May of 2011, I was questioning if God had ever spoken to me or not. Because all I saw was that same little group of people all those few months. Now, God, if you've told me what I thought you said, this place would be full by now. I didn't have, an, I didn't have any more in the whole church service. I'm sitting right here in this section right now. Maybe five or six more, not many more. Surely didn't have as many sitting in here or many of these sections here. And every Sunday morning I was preaching to that little bare handful of people, and I'll tell you the honest truth about it, I was getting tired of it. Fed up with it. Ready to stay home on Sunday morning or go somewhere else, not travel over there to Orange Park, because it just was not my vision being fulfilled. Telling you to wait on God and let God do it and don't do it yourself. That's what I'm trying to tell you here. So on May the 15th, if you haven't heard this before, you'll hear all about it this coming May. I try to do it every other May. And this coming May, I'll tell this again. One Sunday morning, Carol and I were driving to church together at that time, and so far we drove together. So I always got here just in time to walk in and start the service. I don't know why, I just always did it that way. So... So that Sunday morning, I was waiting for Carol to get ready to leave. She was a little ready, a little bit later than usual. I got down on my, in front of my chair in my office to pray, and I was saying, God, oh, when is this ever going to be over, Lord? God, when are you ever going to release me? When are, when are you going to do something, Lord? I didn't say you're doing something. Thank you for it. I probably should have been saying that, but by that time, I was just praying, God, God, do something for us. And that morning, I'll tell you, As clear as I've ever heard God say anything, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, your long, dark night is over. The sun, and I can see Jesus, the sun is shining on you now. I told Kevin on the way in that morning, I, 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 what God had done, I said, I've got to preach on this, I don't have one single word. She said, well, just preach what God gave us. That's all they gave me. Long, dark night's over. I don't know. 
But I got up and I started preaching, and God gave me a message, and I preached about restoration and renewal and revival and what God's going to do. And then that church that morning, I've said this over and over, in that church that morning, we have the count in there. We kept the record of it. There were 34 people in that church service this morning. When I started preaching, your long, dark night's over. God's going to fill us up. God's going to send people. You better be careful because if you don't get here early and get your seat, they'll be coming in, people coming in and taking your seats. That happens now, doesn't it, some of you? <laughs> And, 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 and I told them that morning that's what's going to happen. But I only knew it by faith and by what God said. It was the Word of God. And then, one month later, one month and four days later, I, no, wait a minute, anyway, in, Pentecost Sunday was the second Sunday of June, just a few weeks from that May 15th. And we announced it for people to come. We said it's a great day come, but we didn't, you know, put big ads and run big banners. And we just sent out a letter and said, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. That Sunday morning, there were 119 people in church. Now, I'm saying all this to tell you, you can hear from God. You may not always know exactly that it's from God. You may not always know perfectly that this is what God is saying. But if you'll seek God and trust God and wait on God and believe God, you will find that God makes His Word clear, and then God fulfills His Word. And I will tell you something else. God has spoken a word already about this church in the day and today and the now. God has already spoken something about this church and the greatest things that you and I have ever seen in the kingdom of God. I prophesy right now based on the Word of God are going to happen in this place. So just like God did what he said the first time, he's going to do what he said this time. I can't tell you the day or the time. I couldn't tell you the day or time then either. But God did it. God's doing it. He's still moving in a great, mighty, and powerful way. If you want to be a place that God is moving, by the way, this is the place for you. So, here's what we need to do. We need to verify the promises that God has given us. So you're questioning right now. You're questioning wondering if what you feel God has spoken to you, if it's really from God. Let me tell you how to know. How, first of all, the first thing in verifying the promises is, how did you receive this promise? In what way did you see it? Did you see something written across the sky in the clouds? I've never seen that, but people tell me that. Did you receive an unsigned letter in the mail that was signed that, 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 that said it was from God? Did somebody walk up to you and tell you what God was going to do in your life and you wrote it down and you've been believing it all that time? What happened? How did you, you receive that word from God? I will tell you the only way that I know how to receive a word from God, the only way I've ever received anything from God with God speaking to me that I trusted and believed it was God speaking to me, the only way is on my knees before the Lord myself when God in the same voice that I've always heard when he speaks to me. I don't mean that I hear God speak out loud and speak audibly. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the same circumstances of understanding. When I hear that spiritual message coming to me, that I understand it and recognize that it's from the same Lord who has spoken to me before. And so that's the only way I know to tell you. And I would not tell you to put your faith in what somebody else told you, as spiritual as you think they may be. It's up to you if you want to do it. And I don't mean to sow seeds of doubt in you. But I am telling you, the way that you will really know that you've heard from God is not because somebody came and told you God told them to tell you something. I'm going to clarify that a little bit more in just a moment. 
But that's not the way for you to really know you've heard from God. The way you know when you've heard from God is not because somebody was standing up preaching on something you've been thinking about that day. I know it's the same thing I was thinking about. It must be God speaking to me. To me, I don't have enough to hold on to when I know the doubts are sure to come. The doubts are going to come. The questions are going to come. And you cannot claim the promises of God with doubt in your heart about God's having spoken to you. You've got to know it's from God. And so, if you speak to me a, a good word, I accept that. I don't build my plans on somebody telling me that I'm going to have a great revival in Venezuela. And I need to hurry on down there because 10,000 or 50,000 people are waiting for me to get there to preach to them. I don't build my plans on that. Now, if God says that to me, and I know it's the same voice I've heard God speak to me before, I can accept it. But I'm going to hear from God before I make the next step, whatever it may be. If it's moving somewhere, if it's going here, if it's doing that, whatever, I'm going to know I've heard from God before I take that next step. I'm going to verify the promise of God. So here's the thing that you have to do. First of all, when you believe God has spoken to you, is it in harmony with his word? Does it violate anything that this Bible says in any way whatsoever? If it does, it's not from God. If you think God told you to go out and try out the Mormon church and go there and get baptized as a Mormon so you can be a blessing to them and help them, well, you're not that foolish anyway. I want to use that as an example. <laughs> is it according to his word? The second thing is, would it harm others? Will it bless someone or will it harm them? If it's going to harm somebody else, I would question that that's from God. And the next thing is, is it for your good or your benefit? Does it bring blessing to you if God does it? Will it be something that enhances your relationship with Him when you know that fulfillment of the Word, the fulfillment of the promise has come to you? God said something new and it happens. Will it benefit you spiritually and draw you closer to God? If you pray for a great influx of, influx of money, it may be something. You say, oh, that would be the greatest blessing I can have. It may be the worst thing that happened to you. I tell you seriously, know what God's saying to you. Don't make up what you want God to say to you. I know a lot of people who got a lot of money and didn't have enough left, not enough money, enough spirituality left to live for God. And it didn't take a whole lot. It doesn't take a whole lot of money for somebody. Give them $5,000 inheritance, they're going to take a holiday weekend every vacation and go off and do whatever they want to do and forget about God. You know, somebody, some people can't handle $10,000 where other people can handle a million. But God knows who we are. He knows what we're capable of handling. Don't put too much confidence in the lottery or the, uh, although somebody told me the other day that they, I said, I don't think anybody's ever received anything from Publishing Clearinghouse. And somebody said, oh, I did. I forgot who that was. doesn't matter. Anyway, don't put any confidence in Keith that you're going to get an in, a windfall from uh, Clearinghouse. The reason I'm familiar with them is because they started sending me a bunch of flood of emails. I'm trying to find out how to unsubscribe. <laughs> you've, got to do it, you've got to do it seven or eight times, I think. But I think somebody just blessed me with the thought that I'll let him send those to him so he can fill them out and really get blessed. Well, thank you. God bless you, but it didn't bless me. Anyway. Anyway, 
Trust God for what God is saying to you. Let it be what God wants you to have and to give you his very best. You know, and you, I know some of you are going to say, well, now, how am I going to, still, after what I've said here, how can I know it's from God? Well, here's the best thing I can tell you. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. They will hear me. They will understand me. They will know as I speak. Because if you hear him more than one time, you become familiar with it. If you never heard him speak before, you might not know that you hear him a few times. See, I know, I don't, when my wife called you, she doesn't have to say, Bill, this is Carolyn. No, she just said, uh, she starts out with what she wants me to do. Because <laughs> she, she knows I know it's her. I don't have to have an explanation of who this is. And I know her voice. And uh, I know her handwriting. You know, she tried to send me a note surreptitiously. If she wrote it like she normally writes, I'd know just as soon as I saw who that came from. Because I hear from her all the time. I know her voice. I know her writing. I hear from her all the time. Almost always good. You know, I'm teasing. It is is always good when I hear from my lovely wife. Truly, it is. I know Billy. Is is it Billy? I know the way he, not only his voice, I know the way he speaks the first time he starts a conversation. Some of you talk to me so much, I don't have to have you say who it is. I know who you are. Because I, I recognize your voice, and I also recognize the way you start a conversation. You know, you're very familiar to me. Some of you call me. Don't talk to me five minutes before you tell me who you are, because I'm holding on to the phone and saying, what in the world is this? Thinking I'm Because <laughs> I don't talk to you that much. So just tell me. But when God speaks, I believe I've heard his voice enough to recognize it and know when God's speaking. And that's where you need to be. My point to you is you need to become so familiar with the voice of God, with God speaking and God's messaging to you, that you know when it is God speaking. And yet sometimes there's so much dependent on what God is saying, you may have to put something else out before him. But if it is truly God, and you're really walking in the steps and the planning of God, you come to that place, and God will show you that he is the one who is speaking to you. So, so here's what you do to hold on to the promise. I'm going to cover this very quickly in recognition of my time. Here's what you do to keep that promise, to keep that promise until God fulfills it for you. You stay in obedience. You continue to live in obedience. You don't say, well, God, when you fulfill that promise to me, then I'm going to be very faithful in church. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give. I'm going I'm to do the things that I know you want me to do as soon as you do this. You know that's not the way to do it. That's the opposite way. You obey God and follow God, trusting God, believing God, for God to hurriedly fulfill that promise for you. You keep in obedience. You keep it in your memory. Don't forget that God has said it. Don't let it pass by, and, and sometimes six months later you hadn't ever you hadn't thought about it. And all, oh, wait a minute, God did say something to me about that. Probably wasn't him. If it's really from God, you'll keep it in your memory, and you should keep it in your memory, and not let it fade away at all. And then the next thing to do to hold on to the promises, you need to proclaim it to the Lord, and for your blessing and benefit. And some things you can share with other people and tell the right people, but not everybody. Be careful about who all you share it with, because some people might say to you, Oh, that couldn't have been God talking to you. You don't want the discouragement that the negative Nellies, the 
the natterers about all the things that they know God won't do. There's not a lot of people who know what God will do. There's a whole lot that know what He won't do. And especially there's a whole lot of people to tell you what He won't do for you. But I'm here to tell you the difference. I'm here to tell you that God will do things for you. If He's spoken to you and He's declared Himself to you, God will do what He said He will do. God will keep His word, every word He's spoken, and change none of it. He'll fulfill every promise that He's made to you. Proclaim it to the Lord. Renew it to the Lord. And you'll find that all the words of God are backed by the very honor of His name. It would dishonor God to say something and not do it. So if God has said it, He's going to do it because He will live up to His word. I've always liked people who keep their word. And the saddest things in my life is when I promised something that it became impossible to keep because sometimes there have been things I've said I would do it became impossible for me to do it for one reason or another, whatever it might be. And I, I, I want to do it with all my heart. I want to. It's impossible to do it. But see, I'm human, and that can happen to me. But that can't happen with God. God's got unlimited resources. God's got a glorious plan. God's got a positive view. And he's put those things in front of us and before us for our benefit, for our blessing in him. And it never becomes impossible for God to keep a word he has spoken. He can, he will, he does do everything that he has said he will do. And so now you have been holding on to something that you believe God has spoken to you. I can name an abundant number of things here that you, uh, and it would cover what a lot of our people are praying about. You're praying for your children, you're praying for your family. Some of you for your sons and daughters, some of you for your grandchildren, some of you for maybe your mother and father, maybe your brother or sister. You're praying for them because you want them to have what God wants for them. Maybe they're not saved and you're praying for that. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. But let God speak to you His promise. And when God speaks to you His promise, God is going to do what He said He'll do. Every single time, God is going to do what He said He will do. How many of you here this morning feel like God has spoken something to your heart at one time or another, maybe not recently, but maybe confirmed it recently, and you want to believe, you want people to believe God with you, that He will fulfill that promise to you and do it soon. Raise your hand. Yes. God bless you.